Welcome, listener, to another great edition of the podcast. We're Coco and Dalts, and we talk about movies and stuff. I'm not Coco. Way to be specific. <laughs> and I'm not Dalts. It's streaming stuff. It's like stuff that's on Netflix and Disney Plus, and well, that's been about it lately. Yeah. Even though we'd like to, you know, diversify and be all over, we've pretty much done Netflix every time. Yeah, we well, that's because we haven't really seen a whole lot on anything else that we've been interested in reviewing. So. What happened to Amazon Prime? You were on a good schedule there, and then all of a sudden things just dropped off. It's, it's almost like there's been like a shutdown <laughs> of production or something like that. I'm not sure what's I happening. Haven't, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know. No, there's nothing in the news about it. Uh, so Coco, tell us, what are we talking about in this episode of the podcast? In this episode, we are reviewing Ratchet, the brand new-ish series from Netflix. It just got released last week. It's eight episodes. They're an hour each. It's an origin story of Nurse Ratchet, the iconic character from the book and movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Sarah uh, Paulson plays the title character. So... Nurse Ratchet had a bad childhood. She got bounced around from foster home to foster home. She had a foster brother who she was close to. They ended up getting separated. Now it's 1947. They're adults. He has murdered four priests. It's not alleged. It's not accused of. He legit murdered four priests. That was the opening scene of the entire series. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is in a mental hospital to determine whether he is competent to stand trial. Nurse Ratchet manages to finagle a job at this mental hospital because she wants to A, influence the decision to have him declared mentally unfit to stand trial, because if he goes to trial, he's getting the death penalty, because this is 1947. Oh, yeah. And B, she wants to bust him out. So that is pretty much the barest minimum (laughs) through line through the entire series. The whole thing is just big and messy. There's lots of other characters who all have their own storylines and plots. And even the character of Nurse Ratchet herself in any given episode has different stuff going on and other motivations just besides helping out her foster brother. So I know Dalt's has a lot to say about this. So I'm just going to throw it straight to Dalt's. What'd you think? I loved it. I thought it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Can we watch it again? Oh my God. It took us like a week just to watch eight episodes. So usually we blast through something pretty good. If we find something, we assign it, we go to all the pre-production meetings and everything like that, and we we decide on what we're going to do, then we bear down. We are professionals to the utmost. And sometimes we'll watch two or three episodes in a night if we have the time, if it's something like this. That's why they pay us the big bucks. That's why we're getting all that money is because people are just, you know, waiting with bated breath for our comments on these things. So this one came out, it it dropped on September 18th. Um, That's 11 days from this recording. And that's eight episodes in 11 days, which is sloth-like for us. (laughs) That's really bad Usually we blast through them, like I said. And the reason was, from my perspective anyway, I don't want to speak for Coco, but I just hated it. I just, I just, I, I just didn't like it at all. So, based on, like Coco said, the uh, Nurse Ratchet, the, the iconic character of Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the Ken Casey book, and also the 
uh, Milos Forman movie from 1975 starring Jack Nicholson and uh, Danny DeVito and a cast of other characters in the uh, as the asylum mates. Um, this is essentially the origin story of a very iconic character. So whenever you go into the hospital or somebody goes into the hospital and they have a grouchy nurse, what do they call that grouchy nurse? They call that grouchy nurse, Nurse Ratchet. So this is somebody who has like, who has gone into the zeitgeist. This is a character that is out there for everybody, even if you haven't seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I have not. Um, but this one was just, I don't know where to start, Coco. I, I really don't. <laughs> Uh, you you hated it so much. I thought you were just gonna have your bullet points of everything you hated, well, and I do actually. Oh, okay, I, right. I also have it on the review on CocoAndDolls.com if anybody's interested in following along. As <laughs> the cliff notes, <laughs> yes, if they want to just review and and listen at the same time. But um, I uh, I want to I want to start it with the positives first. Okay, so let's start off with the positives. The uh, sets were really cool. Yeah, the costumes. The costumes were mm-hmm. above board, brilliant. Um, the colors were vibrant. It was very vibrantly filmed uh, production. Everything popped. Um, but I have to. I have to go on a tangent here. I think I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast. Is that whenever you go into these period pieces, the cars are always really shiny and new. Yeah, they are. And that's not the way cars are. You know, there's going to be a rust bucket in the bargain lot somewhere. There's going to be somebody who doesn't shine their car every day. Especially at a mental hospital in 1947. Well, and you know that the people that are driving there are the workers at the mental hospital. They're not making a whole whack of cash. So why do they have all these brand new 1947 cars or 46 or 45? And they're all sparkling new. But anyway... So I, I digress. The the point is the sets and everything like that was really good. The um, the acting I thought, and I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, Coco, because we didn't rehearse this part. But I thought the acting was very good um, because I had revulsion for a lot of the characters, <laughs> and I think that was the idea: is that you weren't supposed to sympathize with any, any of them. You were supposed to just kind of uh, I don't know endure the story. I think that's that's it. Yeah, I can. I. I'm torn on the acting. Yeah. Like, most of the people in this, I think, deserved better. So, like, Sarah Paulson is just completely gifted and fantastic, but I thought that even she couldn't elevate the material. Mm. So, Sarah Paulson for... Played played Nurse Ratchet. And background, she was... uh, She was Marsha Clark in The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Which we loved. Yeah. So, she was... Also an American uh, horror story. Right. But I, even though she's an amazing actress, I felt the material was so bad <laughs> that she, there were only a few times when I was like, that was a great scene. Like, yeah. otherwise, yeah. I just, I wasn't getting it from her. Cynthia Nixon mm-hmm. and Corey Stoll and Charlie Carver, who played Huck the Nurse, mm-hmm. I liked the three of them across the board. Yeah. But Corey Stoll should have been a bigger part I thought like he deserved better Cynthia Nixon deserved better Sarah Paulson deserved better Vincent D'Onofrio who appeared in a few episodes <laughs> he deserved better like it just I like and, uh, and Finn Whitrock as Nurse Ratchet's foster brother I felt he was just hopelessly miscast I so yes I agree with that I, I wasn't a huge fan of Stoll um, I thought Judy Davis was fantastic in this she was another one the last couple episodes, I thought she really upped 
her game. Mm-hmm. But like the first six episodes, like the way they wrote her character was yeah. just like she was such a buffoon. Right, right. And there's nothing you can really do with that. So And she was also like the the tension between her and Ratchet because she was the head nurse and then Ratchet comes in and then all of a sudden she's the head nurse and she takes her place and there's this conflict there. And she was very much like you said she was a buffoon but she was also like a cartoon villain uh-huh. yeah, totally. in some ways against against Paulson's character against Ratchet and yet I felt but toward the end of the movie or to the end of the series I should say I had the I identified with her the most or I liked her character the most I should mm-hmm. say because she had some she had some genuine authentic things that happened to her and then you know she had her heart broken and then she had this and she had that even though she was the grouchy stereotypical mm-hmm. nurse I still had some you know some affinity for her so she was that was to me a really impressive performance given the material because she did things with her gestures and her body language and her uh the way she delivered her lines and things like that it was very interesting whereas some of the other ones were just very very much like they were in American Horror Story, like they were delivering these things and you were expecting organ music right after they said the line, you know. <laughs> and it just, it didn't do much for me and in, in for the other characters. Uh, I, like I said, or like you said, uh, Finn Whitrock, I thought... He was hopelessly miscast. I just, I just, I wanted to like him. He's got chops. We were doing some research before the show and I, I looked and see to see what he had been in. He had been in a lot of things that we liked. Um, he had been the, in the Versace uh uh, miniseries obviously he Dr. was great in that he was good in that he was in uh, a couple of other things that was that i thought were very good uh he had bit parts here and there in them um very good and, and he went to juilliard he's got a lot of chops he's actually from lennox massachusetts which is not far from here uh, so you want to support local guys <laughs> and everything like that but i just i, I thought he was miscast is a good way to put it perhaps more tactful than I would have put it it's just I just didn't think he was very good in it he just he, mm. he came across like he was trying to be psychotic and that's a kind of role that I think given like the proper preparation or the proper actor or the certain look or something like that is that you can really own that you know like sort of like Jack Nicholson in in Batman as the Joker you know what I mean like you can go over the top and you can still be really good whereas this one it just didn't it just I didn't believe him and his character seemed to waffle a lot and seemed to be like is he psychotic is he not and maybe that was all intentional but it just it just took me away from the main uh, goal that uh, Ratchet had well this is we're probably going to just end up discussing this anyways but this was a problem I had with the series as a whole is it just it didn't know what it wanted to be like sometimes it would be super dramatic and Mm -hmm. sometimes it would be crazy over the top campy and even in one episode from scene to scene like there wasn't any kind of consistent tone like I feel like with this cast and with this subject matter this should have been a fantastic series if they just could have struck one note yeah. figured out what they wanted to do and just done it consistently from episode to episode but yeah i mean it, it, like like i said in the summary even nurse ratchet herself from episode to episode it's like they didn't know who they wanted that yeah. character to yeah. be so one one scene she's got this motivation and then three scenes later she's doing something completely different and it was just the whole thing was just sloppy and yeah. messy <laughs> yeah. and 
just with the amount of talent and money that was thrown at this thing, it should have been a whole lot better than it actually was. I completely agree. And I'm, I was trying to put my finger on it when we were watching it. It was like why I disliked it so much. Like what was the reason? I don't think there was any one reason. I mean, the gore to me was was off-putting. <laughs> it was completely unnecessary. There was another high body count in this. There were lobotomies. Well, and not only high body counts, but like high body part counts. Right. And, and just unnecessary to me and just for the sake of being uh, sensational or graphic. Well, and kind of going along with what I just said, like the entire subplot with Sharon Stone. Yes. Like that was completely unnecessary. You don't, that did not need to happen whatsoever. So Sharon Stone shows up with a monkey because of course she does, (laughs) right? She She was great, by the way. She has a son who is just an a-hole, but... (laughs) She hires the head of the mental hospital to work with him, and incredibly long story short, the kid ends up a quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. Um, or what is it when you don't have? You're not a quadriplegic, the, but he it, four yeah, amputations. His yeah, amput- yeah. So he he lost both of his arms and both of his legs, and so Sharon Stone wants the head of the mental hospital assassinated. But in the end, that didn't have anything to do with anything. Right, like it didn't. Well, All it added it, to the stress of the doctor, Dr. Yeah. Hanover. And and by the way, Hanover, we didn't mention him. That was uh, John John Briones, and he was fantastic. I thought he was great. He plays a... A doctor who's under pressure and he's, uh, you know, shady and all that sort of stuff. But you're right, Coco. I mean, that didn't really. I think the the there was a there was the hit on him, and so it added to his pressure and added to the stress and everything like that. But there were a lot of things that were just uh, unnecessary, like the camp part of it. I agree with. Like it, it felt campy to me because of the bright colors, and then the acting was kind of all over the place in some scenes and some you know, episodes in some scenes, like I said. So it, it, it was, the, the best way I can put this is, so there's one of the characters is played by Sophie Ocanito, who was fantastic. She was in Criminal, the most recent Criminal series that we saw. She was in one of the episodes. Please go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. And she was great. And so she played a character who comes to the hospital because she has dissociative identity disorder, which is multiple personality disorder. And I thought that her character was the personification of this series, is that she was playing all these different, you know, she was, I don't know, Jesse Owens or somebody like that. Like she was somebody from the 36 Olympics. And then she was, uh, you know, another character, and she played all these different characters, and they were all various uh, extremes. And that was the series to me: is that there was mm-hmm. just like these highs and lows, and they were, and they were not. You you don't want it to be telegraphed. You're like you don't want to expect these things, but there's also unexpected that's just out of the blue and and just doesn't make any sense at all. And I think that that's what this series was: is like all, all of a sudden somebody's arm gets cut off, and it's like what? You, like. <laughs> Why are you doing that to me? You know, like I'm eating my my chili here. Like, and she's one. She did a very good job with that character, but that character to me was completely unnecessary. Like, why was that character like, in there? Right. I mean, at the end, uh, spoiler alert: she busts um, uh, the foster brother out of prison or out of the mental hospital. <laughs> mm-hmm. But any other number of ways that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Like this character did not need. And I actually, when she was first introduced. She went to the mental hospital, and it appeared as though she had been cured. And so I said to Daltz, this lady's a plant, right? Right. Like, this lady is faking having a mental illness 
so that she can be miraculously cured and Ratchet can go to the governor and say, see, this mental hospital works wonders. You don't need to execute, you know, my brother if we just, well, even though nobody at that time knew he was her brother, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, if we can do this with this lady with multiple personalities then think of what we can do with this guy, he can be rehabbed, you know? And so I thought for sure, Sophie Okonedo's character was a plant and had been paid off by ratchet mm-hmm. to fake her mental illness. And then that turned out not to be the case. And yeah. her character turned out to be just completely superfluous in the end. Well, she, and she, she killed somebody major as well, but that also could have happened in any number of other ways. Right. There was a lot of opportunities for that character to be killed. Right. Let's put it that way. I thought that she was fantastic. And whenever she was on the screen, just like she was on the screen for uh, criminal, I was, I was riveted at her performance and I was like, I could tell she was acting, but it was so good mm-hmm. that I got lost in in watching the character. And I th- I thought she was she was fantastic. I I want to just review some other things that we could have done with the eight hours. <laughs> well, can can I say one more thing? Oh first? yes, absolutely. That, okay, I so, wasn't done. I just wanted to break it up. Oh, it. okay. I'm sorry. So you can do your eight hours. No, no. Go ahead. go ahead. Okay. So the the other big thing I had was there were just so many like just dumbass things that happened. Like this is a mental hospital, <laughs> and I'm not trying to perpetuate the stereotype that mentally ill people are violent but the doctor in charge of the mental hospital just leaves his office wide open with like a charcuterie board with knives Mm -hmm. on it and Mm -hmm. like a letter opener both of which get used to and an unlocked desk with a gun in it and an unlocked desk drawer with a gun in it and i'm like that's not smart like what's going on and then other stuff like that happened too like the foster brother makes one uh, like getaway attempt and then gets recaptured and gets taken right back to the same mental hospital that he was able to break out of I'm right. like, there's just so many plot holes yeah. and just well and Cynthia Nixon's character gets shot right I don't want to I don't want to spoil it she gets shot in the heart like point blank from about three or four feet away by this uh, in this one very pivotal scene and it looks like she's done like it looks like she's had half of her body blown away she's bleeding all over the carpet and then in the next episode the next episode (laughs) which is this is this is a sequential series and it's it's like the next day or two days later or whatever she's walking around and she's lifting a suitcase and like just no (laughs) and they go to like a puppet show and (laughs) and they're on the road and she's in the car like you know how much pain she would be in if that were real like it just yeah she's like the governor she's the governor's press secretary the governor played by vincent d'onofrio and Mm -hmm. she's like the governor needs me for a campaign rally in modesto so on the way i thought we could stop at a puppet show in (laughs) sacramento and i'm like why are you going back to work you just got shot like i would think that like when did femla come into play because i would think you would be able to use femla yeah, at that point if you probably, don't have any pto you probably know? eligible for some time off after <laughs> right. getting your shoulder blown off right. totally. like from three or four feet away max like it was just there's some unbelievable stuff about that i mean you have to in certain instances like this is hollywood so in certain right. instances you have to you know have a plausible deniability about all this sort of stuff but i just think that uh it was unrealistic in, in parts. And like you said, like they're going to ship the guy after he escapes this mass murderer who's going to be getting a chair. 
they just ship him back to the same place. It's like, oh, he's not going to escape again. Right. Like, put him in a prison right. and have the shrink come to him. Right. You know? and, and also, by the way, all this stuff that they're trying on him, apparently it didn't work. Right. Yeah. So don't put him back in the place where it didn't work. You know, it just, there are a lot of holes there, like, yeah. like you said. So I just, so the eight hours. Okay, we, sorry. We, you're all good. Eight hours, we uh, we could have driven to Burlington, Vermont and back. Oh. Aww. And we could have also uh, watched Irishman two and a half times. Oh, yikes. And we also, uh, I could have done a full shift for the U.S. Postal Service. Oh. So I could have delivered all our all mail, the mail for, ballots. for the, uh, oh yeah. 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 I could have done that for the neighborhood. I would mm-hmm. have done that instead. Or watch uh, squirrels bury their nuts in the backyard. <laughs> Have you been watching a lot of that lately? Well, I'm unemployed, so yes. <laughs> I mean, we're coming to the end of Netflix, so, you know, you got to watch something. You're thinking I'm looking out the window, you know, for inspiration about the podcast, and actually <laughs> right. I'm just watching the squirrels and their nuts. <laughs> so uh, what else, Coco? What else do we want to say about this that we haven't already savaged it with? I don't, I don't know. We've talked about just how bad it was from top to bottom, so I think that kind of covers it. I will say uh, Sharon Stone looks like... I think Madonna would look if Madonna <laughs> hadn't had any work done. So that was because she had like the uh, late 80s, yeah, yeah. like Vogue hair that Madonna had, she the did. hairstyle with the waves. So I see there's so many things that I liked about it and I want to like the whole package, but I just don't like I thought Sharon Stone's character was fantastic. The way she acted it and played it, it was great. You know, you just didn't I didn't like her at all. And uh, she was distasteful in a lot of ways. But that was great that I felt that, you know, it evo- evoked mm-hmm. an emotion. And like I said, Judy Davis and Sarah Paulson was good at what she was doing. Um, but yeah, just just not the sum of its parts. I mean, I I, I laughed in parts where it was, I shouldn't be laughing. Right. Mm-hmm. I was cringing at the gore. I was, you know, I legit, looking at my phone. Yeah, I legit covered my eyes every time there was a lobotomy. Like episode two... There were a lot of lobotomies in episode two. So just be warned if you haven't watched this yet. And this is also, as you probably have surmised, listener, this is 1947 lobotomies. So, you know, chisels and hammers and all sorts of things like that are being used. I will, I'll I'll add a nice thing. I did like that it didn't, speaking of lobotomies, hit you over the head with the fact that there, it was showing you how bad things used to be. And do we really want to go back to that? Like, do we really want to go back to somebody's getting a lobotomy because they're gay? Right. Or because they're a teenager and they have a short attention span or whatever. Like the mental health field has come so far in 60, 70 years. Like there's been so many advances made. Like that's how it was not a very long time ago. And there were also, there were some other sort of like social justice warrior things that were very subtle that were said. Mm-hmm. I I was kind of interested in like at the very end, uh, Nurse Ratchet and Cynthia Nixon's character weren't even trying to hide the fact that they were in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I was like, would I know it's California, but would that really be a thing that they would do mm-hmm. in the late 40s, early 50s? Like, I don't know if California was still that much more liberal back in the day that two lesbians could just be out and open. Mm-hmm. Like I did also think it was kind of gross that they made a character who ended up being like a huge ball buster in her later years, a lesbian. Right. Like, right. And that's almost <laughs> I, kind of like a stereotype too, right? About yeah. the nurse. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was just some other stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that was one of the things that I, 
observed in my review on CocoAndDolls.com was... I need to read that. Uh, the It's fresh on the press, too. Uh was do we? This was number one when we uh, finished watching it last night. It was number one when we started watching it. I think last week. Yeah, I and don't I understand it. how that's possible. So it it gives me sort of it now makes me doubt whether these things are, you know, if there's some sort of cooking the books going on by Netflix to get people to watch things because there's no way that people with families are watching this, and that's got to be the largest chunk of Netflix's audience. And Okay, I'll tell you how the podcast sausage is made here, listeners. So back over the summer, this was getting a lot of buzz. So at the beginning of September, when we saw the list of stuff coming out on Netflix for this month, we saw Ratchets coming out on September 18th, and we added it to our list of things to watch. The week before it came out, some advanced reviews started coming out, and the reviews were like middling Mm -hmm. at best. Mm -hmm. So just as an aside to what Dolch just said, if the reviews aren't good... How are people, I don't know, they're probably starved for content. That's probably how. But anyways, so the reviews were middling at best. And we were like, well, we're we're still going to give it a shot. It's got a good cast, you know, whatever. And we watched the first episode and we kind of looked at each other. (laughs) And we were like, all right, let's give it one more episode. So then we watched the second episode and we were like, yeah, no, we're good. We don't have to watch any more of this. And we turned the TV off and we put the remote down and we walked away. But then I started thinking about it, which is not why... Dalt bought me like he doesn't <laughs> not for my brain so untrue listener so the next day I went to Dalt's and I said you know neither one of us likes this so it's gonna make a hell of a good podcast episode if we just finish <laughs> watching this series because then we're just gonna be ripping on it like so this the is whole for you, time listener. so Dalt said yeah I've been thinking about that too I think that's right so that's why we killed ourselves watching this because it's been like pulling teeth for the past week and a half trying to finish this thing because it's so bad i so a a couple of things about that is that away another netflix series uh i think it's eight episodes as well eight or ten i think it was ten ten episodes it got similar lukewarm reviews but had a lot of buzz going into it um i could understand why that was number one for as long as it was because it's a feel-good kind of thing Mm -hmm. it's families could have watched that you and there's a certain age range where you could go down to like 10 or 12 or maybe even younger mm-hmm. and everybody can sit and watch that and understand it and get it and get a thrill ride out of it so that makes sense to me that you would get good numbers out of that series um which we previously have uh reviewed on a different podcast please listen to that episode if you haven't already and the other thing about that is that with ratchet you're not getting like anybody under 18 who's watching that is is not a nice and they're not in a good home. <laughs> if if well, I mean I, I'm overstating it but like if my daughters were my oldest daughter was to watch that and watch it all the way through then I would I would be concerned. <laughs> um and and I think that that's that that's misleading about the whole this is number 1 this is trending number 1. I think they're cooking the books a little bit. They're not going to put due date in number one because due date is not one of their (laughs) movies right it's in their library it's something they bought obviously Mm -hmm. but they didn't produce it so they have a vested interest in putting their stuff up front um so i'm not sure about the algorithm there in terms of what's number one and what's not well Um, i think another part of that might be that has there really been any original netflix content released since september 18th 
I mean, there might not be like, like this. Yeah, not like this. So that yeah. might be why they're keeping it propped up. Yeah. If I, that's indeed what's happening. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a conspiracy theory on my part. It has no grounding whatsoever. But um, we, we would still like money, Netflix. So please contact us. <laughs> Coco and Dolls. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I just, uh, I have doubts uh, in, about the veracity of those numbers. But whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like it's, it's getting buzz. I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll stay long. And I, I don't think it's going to get, you know, I'm out on season two. Like, I'm, Oh, yeah, we're not watching season two at all. Like, I know I said that after watching season two of Goliath. I was like, yeah, I'm not watching season three of Goliath. But I liked Billy Bob Thornton so much that even the... Even, even with the, the amputations. Even the rampant amputations <laughs> that made no sense whatsoever in that one, I was back because I like Billy Bob Thornton and I like the uh, the female lawyer character who was really good. I've forgotten her name, but um, the one that we think should get her own series. Yeah, totally, the blonde lady. Yeah, she was fantastic. So I like their dynamic and I like the fact that she called his BS all the time. Um, but there was nobody. There was nobody likable in this one, so I'm not. I'm not back for this one. And apparently, they're, they've renewed for the second season. So they, the, the idea was there would be two seasons right off the hop. But man, oh man, if there's going to be more than two seasons, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's no way we're watching season two. Like I'm done. I don't care about the showdown between Ratchet and her foster brother. No. Like I don't care if. Oh, and uh, so Cynthia Nixon also got cancer. So that's another thing about her character. Like, basically, immediately after she gets shot, she gets cancer. Right. So I don't care if her character lives or dies. I don't care about... Or Cynthia Nixon's character. I don't care about Judy Davis. Like, you know. I don't don't care about them. You said something after the first two or three episodes where you wish it had been more of like a head-to-head of Judy Davis versus Sarah Paulson. And I think that would have been a great series because to see how Ratchet got you know, to where she was, she could have learned at the hand of Judy Davis. Right. Like she could have been Ratchet 1.0 and right. Nurse Ratchet comes into this mental hospital and she's dealing with this huge ball buster, mm-hmm. you know, like that would have been great. And then you would have had these two gifted actresses going head to head. Like that would have been awesome. And instead we just got this. <laughs> I, I thought that that's where they, where they were going too. Like I thought mm-hmm. that's what they were setting up is that, oh, okay, Nurse Ratchet is the way she is in One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest because she learned from Judy Davis's right. character, which mm-hmm. is, her name is Betty Bucket, I think. Betty, Betsy Bucket. Betsy Bucket. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. Nurse Bucket. <laughs> what are you going to do if you if you put your boot to her? You're going to kick the bucket, obviously. Aww. So uh, I thought that that was setting up for development of the character and, you know, like the following in the footsteps and everybody needs a mentor and all that sort of stuff. So I thought it was going to go that way, but it didn't. It, it just went in different directions. And again, it you know, there's predictable and then there's expected and then there's boring. And and but somewhere along the line, you've got to kind of go in the logical direction. It's not necessarily the boring and expected direction, but the logical. This is what would happen in real life kind of direction. And we didn't get that at all from from that storyline. I, I thought that was a lost opportunity because they had some really good chemistry when they were battling each other. Mm-hmm. And and then at the end, like the last couple episodes when they kind of teamed up, right. they had really good chemistry then too. Right. And so that would have been yeah. great to see them go from like hardcore enemies to, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like allies, you know. Like buddy cops. <laughs> <laughs> Lethal weapon. With like, yeah, like they're the one scene. Bone cop back up. They're getting in the car together, and it's like, okay, hit it. Like it was yeah. like the Blues Brothers or something <laughs> right, like that. Like totally. it was, it was actually pretty cool. But it's not going to go that way. It just, yeah. its story is just too twisted to to mm. even do that. So that again is a lost opportunity. I, I would watch a series with the two of them 
solving crimes or whatever, you know, trying to make people sane again or whatever it ends up being. But it's not going to be that. It's going to be the twisted brother overacting and coming back and, and trying to, which which was, it was dis- disorienting too because they were, they were, pals at certain point of the movie and 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 earlier on in the series i should say and and then they developed and then all of a sudden the last two episodes they're like okay i hate you and it just it just sent it seemed affected to me it seemed like it was not logical and it seemed like it was put on so maybe you know artificially introduced to add tension it just mm-hmm. it just didn't do anything for me to separate the two of them for season two so right. they can have a storyline for season so two. have conflict for season two because right. now the nurses are getting along so mm-hmm. they can have some other conflict now that they killed the hitman guy you know what else is there and the doctor's dead you know like, right spoiler spoiler <laughs> right. i don't care <laughs> right <laughs> when Dolph doesn't care you know he really dislikes something <laughs> so along those lines how many uh, lobotomies up would you give this dolls <laughs> how many cadavers <laughs> right <laughs> how many uh i'd give this two severed arms down wow yeah this is just not my cup of tea at all yeah no. I, it could have been it, and it's it's a disappointing two arms down because i think this had a lot of potential like it you did. said with the cast and the production values and the and the, the screenwriters and the director and the producer like everything was there so if you're in the elevator pitch and you're getting this pitch, you're saying, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'll do mm-hmm. this if I'm Netflix, you know. But, man, it just it disappointed me all the way through. Like, I had to, as Coco will attest, I, ha- I need a palate cleanser every now and then when we watch something. So I'll watch, like, an episode <laughs> of The Twilight Zone or something quick that'll, you know, spice me up a little bit. Last night, after the conclusion of this, I needed three episodes of The Trailer Park Boys to get the, <laughs> to get the taste out of my mouth of Ratchet. This is how much he did not want to finish Ratchet, listener. I've been teasing him for a month that we're going to watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> he absolutely does not want to watch Cobra Kai. But in the week and a half that we've been trying to finish Ratchet, like every time we put on Netflix, he's like, hey, Cobra Kai, you want to watch some Cobra, Cobra Kai? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't want to watch Cobra Kai. And he's like, but you do. Let's watch Cobra Kai. Like he is volunteering to watch something he has zero interest in because he disliked this so much. Ratchet has broken me. <laughs> And my spirit is broken by Ratchet. I'm just a, I'm just a, a wreckage of a man. <laughs> well, I'm glad that that happened because of that, not because of me. You know, I'm glad that you're not saying that about me. Like, even though I'm the one who was like, we should finish watching this. Like, sorry about that. that, that well, just to attest to uh, our professionalism, listener, that we we pushed all the way through this. We watched two episodes willingly and then six <laughs> episodes strapped to the chair right. with our eyes open, like in the. Yeah, uh, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Not the electric chair like they've got going in California well, in 1947. Maybe. Maybe. So I would give this a D minus. Yeah. I'm only not giving this an F because I loved Corey Stoll and Cynthia Nixon was also incredibly good. Corey Stoll was in it for like 15 minutes. I know. He should have been in it. He was like basically a glorified cameo, but he was hilarious. Like you really? Yeah. I... Like what was it? Episode two or episode three when he and Nurse Ratchet? he was like, you're the worst lay of my life. Like he was hilarious. <laughs> I was dying laughing. And Vincent D'Onofrio in episode seven was really good too. But otherwise yeah. he was like, yeah. they put him in a bad fat suit and he was channeling like late career Orson Welles. And wow. I could see that. Yeah. I so that. I, you know, but you know, Cynthia Nixon and Corey Stoll and uh, Charlie Carver who played Huck the who was yeah. the only decent character in this whole thing right. and he got killed in the end um spoiler no nah, no spoilers like they're, <laughs> they're you know i i give it a d minus because they were all high quality and, and i think there was 
there was a lot of opportunity, like I said, because all the characters were done extremely. Uh-huh. It's just that they were extremely, ex- all the extremes just didn't make for a good right. conclusion, good mm-hmm. pull. Anyway, you want to take us out of this, Coco, because we're <laughs> we're rattling on and on about Ratchet. <laughs> I know. We hate it so much, we just can't stop talking about if it. If anybody's still listening. <laughs> right. If you want to listen to other reviews of things that we perhaps liked a little bit better, <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, YouTube, IMDb, Ghana, if you're in India, and we are now also on Amazon Music. Mm-hmm. Chickadee, check us out there. We would love it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so that other people could find us. You can find us on the interwebs to read Dalt's 8,000-word treatise on why Ratchet <laughs> sucks at CocoAndDalt's.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at CocoAndDalt's. And if you want to email us, let us know what you think of this episode, what you want us to review in the future, just say hi. Our email address is Coco and Dalt at gmail.com. Like us, share us, love us, donate to us. That would be fantastic. These are the action points that we're asking of you, listener. <laughs> and spread the word. Go to CocoandDalt.com and click on the donate uh, to support the podcast button. We'd appreciate it. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there's nothing else on the homepage, I don't think, except donate. I think there's a picture of us, maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. That's true. Maybe we should change it, like have a glamour shot if we want people to donate. Maybe we should do like a, a picture of a big check, one of those oh, yeah, big fake totally. checks, you and I, and then just have a blank spot in the middle. Uh, yeah, like Ed McMahon, like taking that big uh, right. check to people, like the publisher's clearinghouse check back yeah, in the, the 80s. sweepstakes. Oh my God, I just so dated myself. <laughs> so on that note, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm not Dalt. And I'm not Coco. <laughs>